Wanderers show. Welcome along to season two, episode four. I have to confess, I had to check. He did, he's forgotten already. <laughs> Last season I got up to six and then stopped counting. Yeah, this is just going to go all the time now, isn't it? Do you think? Yeah, I do. I do. still think when you and I are 95 and we're still doing the show, you're going to be saying, Welcome along to season 36, episode 10 of the... But I might not be able to remember by then. No, that's true. No. I might be very confused. Well, we'll you know, because we probably won't be on air by then, but we'll, you know, we'll just be pretending to do the show in the home that we're both in. <laughs> Rocking backwards and forwards. In- indeed, yes. With the same, the same yeah. music. Everybody will sort of take that as their cue to, like, leave and go to bed, and it'll just be you and I in the in the recreation room <laughs> on our rocking chairs. <laughs> this, this isn't sh- how we planned to start no, the show, is it? This show not. is about football. It's <laughs> not really. It's about all sorts of things. What, Absolutely. What? The stuff we cover. Indeed. Uh, what are we covering today? So uh, We've got Wick- a lot to fit in. We have, actually. Uh, uh, Wickham's win against Lincoln. We will be hearing from Sam Vokes and also Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, and also uh, Mr Ainsworth and TJ DeVar uh, after the victory over Stevenage. It's a lot to create. Just that alone is a lot to have happened since we last on air. Yes, uh, and, and a few Spanish bits as well. Yes, looking forward to uh, that. For the, from Gibraltar. The Wickham Wanderers Worldwide Phenomenon which I have trouble saying, I don't know what... You said that excellently, Did I? I must say. I sort of said it slowly, though. Oh, <laughs> That's... Talking of worldwide phenomenon as yes. well, and we're, we're, we're going overseas today. We'll be hearing from uh, Michael Shevlin, who's from Denver, Colorado, USA. Indeed. Who's, uh, a few years ago, wrote an anthem, or updated an anthem for the club, and uh, he got in touch with us, you might have heard us mention him a couple of weeks ago, and uh, said how good it was that we were back for season two. He didn't mention the episode numbers, but I can do that, that's right. Uh, <laughs> I can keep tally. Uh, so we'll be chatting to him. And also we'll be hearing from Colin Bunting, who is a former Wickham Wanderers goalkeeper from the late 50s slash mid-60s and a keen pigeon racer. <laughs> <laughs> Does he put his pigeons in little Wickham Wanderers kits? Oh, wouldn't that be great? That would be good, wouldn't it? That would you lead see. on nicely from our recent dog league. Indeed, it would, well. yeah. You know, I, I know that they're they're looking to do more merchandise. A whole animal theme. Pigeon kits yeah, is Possibly the way. even a whole separate shop. Oh, yes. You know, a bit like you get separate shops for, for things. Uh, like, I was in Wickham Town Centre the other day and noticed that, you know, you've got Sketches now. And then on a different shop, and it hasn't opened yet, but it says Sketches Sports, as if they're going to put some trainers in that one. Well, we could have the same at, at Adam's Park. We could have the general Wickham Wanderers for Humans shop, and then you could have Wickham Wanderers for Animals shop. Right. They'll be pleased for the mention, but I, <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble, but I think that's just an advert for Sketches in a vacant shop. Oh, is it? I think oh, okay. so. Oh, I thought there was. I thought you know. I thought different styles I, I thought of shoe our, shop. Our advertising of sketches had gone so well that they were opening a second be store ske- in the Eden. Sketches women as well. There'll be another one. In the, yeah, no, yeah definitely. Nice. Sketches kids. Yeah. Um, other shoes are available. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. No, no, most of that opening wasn't planned, as you can probably tell. No. But, but we have much to get through this 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 week. So uh, let's let's crack on and. Uh, uh, all, all, uh, comparatively recently in history, we have a good, a good record against Lincoln, and that continues. That's true. Uh, we do indeed. Um, and we, we now have our best start ever to a League One campaign after our 1-0 victory over Lincoln on Saturday. The winning continues. Indeed, absolutely. Um, and we are doing better than we were in the promotion-winning season uh, two years ago. So, so that, you know, that, that is all good. Obviously, we're, you know, we're going to have a tough time this weekend against Sunderland, uh, which is never an easy place to go, and they are currently fifth and just one point below us. Uh, but even so, the win against Lincoln, very, very welcome. Uh, Michael Appleton's side always, you know, he organises his teams very well, so we had to be at our best. <laughs> very well, well said indeed. It's like you're part of the coaching team there with your coaching top on, I see. 
proud of the lads. <laughs> and Gareth spoke to uh, Matt after the game, after, uh, as you've heard, a pretty solid start to the season. We put a tactical plan in place. Um, probably was quite plain to see at times, you know, um, the energy levels I wanted from the boys, the pressing, you know, I'm not giving too much away, but the, the way we wanted to press them. I thought for 10 minutes we absolutely dominated, you know, really did. And then they come back into it, they're a, they a good side. Lincoln City are a good side with a good manager, play some real good possession football. And we knew that, and we knew uh, that we had to step on that, and we had to try and impose our games style a little bit. Uh, we did that first eight minutes, you know, 1 0 up. It was a dream, you know, um, it's a fantastic ball from Jordan, but Gareth McCleary makes an, an unbelievable run to open the space up. And that's what Sam Volks was brought in to do, you know, and, and he, I told him when he signed, you'll get you'll get crosses, you'll get balls in the right areas, and uh, I'm glad that's uh, that's paying off because uh, he's, he's a top striker. We've got a lot of top strikers here, but he's uh, he's finished that really well today. And then, um, believe me, it was tough. It was. I think we've got a great shot for a penalty at some stage. The referees are letting a lot go now, and the adv- the, the advantage seems to be. You know, it's a tough job in the middle. I wouldn't want to do it. But uh, they play plenty of advantage, and our fans are paying for blood, and their fans are paying for blood from the referee. But it was a hard fought 1 0 victory. Believe me, Lincoln had their chances. David Stockdale had to make an unbelievable save, you know, just the right place, right time. That's what he's paid for. But he's at his best at the moment. I'm really proud of the efforts and the energies of the boys. I'm going to have to recover from that one. We worked on it hard all week. I thought we could have maybe added one or two more goals to us with some last ditch defending, great last ditch blocks and tackles, and we hit the post. and you know, so so there was there was chances to put it to bed, but um, a one nil is as good as anything, and I'll take that. Yeah, you've called it a solid start. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think we had eight points at this stage. We just said it was a wonderful start at that point. I think that shows expectations and standards are rising. Do you feel there's more to come from this side? Yeah, definitely, because we've got Tafazoli, Gabe, Wheeler, McCarthy all injured at the moment. You know, and uh, and on the bench, you know what I've got is great. You know, I spoke to Adi Bayo, I confirmed yesterday and said, look, we're playing a certain style today, but if we're winning, you might not get on. <laughs> Went gaffer as long as we win. That's all I care about. And uh, so he's now totally behind that sort of. He's almost coaching the boys to do it as well. So we've got the r- real good pieces in in this jigsaw, you know. And, and you know, listen, we're gonna have, we're gonna have upsets, of course, but we're gonna get little knockbacks. And it's how we react to that. But I just want to credit, you know, the, the fans. They were brilliant today. The courage to let me get the depth of squad I've got because we need it. Nick Freeman's picked up an injury today after a nasty tackle, and uh, and I think he's gonna be out now. Defence seems to be cursed at the moment, but as I say, we're getting some back from the treatment room. Really proud of that, and don't you know? Don't think anything else. But that was a fantastic win against what is a good Lincoln City side. Michael's a, a great manager, as I say, and uh, he'll have them right up there. Believe me, some good players in that team. But today, I'm pleased that what we what we worked on has paid off. It was a really good performance uh, against Lincoln. It was indeed, uh, and great that you know that, that actually in the end, despite some fairly awful refereeing. Why do we always get such bad referees? And we now know that also it's not, you know, it's a, it's not a league thing. Because no. we had some fairly awful referees last season as well. Uh, but but the, despite the referees, you know, actually it was it was fairly comfortable in the end. And pleasing for Sam Vokes as well. It was indeed, yes. Uh, he spoke to uh, Ryan, uh, who's the new member of the media team after the game. Two goals in three games, you're getting some good goal-scoring form early on in the season, aren't you? Yeah, it's good. It feels good. It was nice to get that one early today. It was always going to be a tough afternoon here against the... Uh, 
strong link inside so to get that goal in the first couple of minutes and set a little down was good and obviously your first goal here at Adams Park that must be some feeling yeah it's a nice feeling great atmosphere again from the fans and to get that goal and get the win in the end was important and like I say to get that first one and off the mark at home was, was nice obviously Link are a tough battle towards the end and you could have had two towards the end as well yeah I know yeah there was uh, a few moments and uh, I think it shows the, the strength of the squad we've got to, to dig in there at the end it was some some tough chances and I think the referee was uh, made it a bit harder today for us but that is what it is and um, no they were strong but showed resilience in the lads I think to fight at the end I think it's fair to say you've had a tough time at State but you know we're seeing you here in form are we seeing the best of Sam Vokes do you think? I hope so yeah that was my first 90 minutes for um, for a long time so for me it's about building up on that and uh, getting the confidence back always helps scoring a few goals and, and hopefully I can chip in with a few more a few more games soon and obviously Jordan and Beta with a great assist for you today and you know, the likes of Mameti, Sully Kai Kai also have an assist it must be a striker's dream really yeah it is yeah just thank Jordan in there we talked about him before the game and he uh, stuck out to the back stick which is always nice and uh, like you say the, the strength we've got going forward in those attacking positions now is for me fantastic to play alongside I think the, the strength we've got in the squad now and you see coming off the bench like you say we've got some great talent and hopefully that can improve even more and David Stockdale made some great saves towards the end and you continue unbeaten start no it is and uh, Stockdale done brilliant and, and for us obviously look, I got the goal but I think those moments when Stockdale pulls out the saves are, are match winning moments as well and, and that shows what we are as a squad we had to dig in at the end and, and fight in our own 18 yard box and they're the moments that get you to win as well as you say, fantastic to maintain the unbeaten run and ideal preparation for the, the League Cup on Tuesday night. Indeed it was, yes. And so we travelled to the uh, to Broad Hall Way, uh, as I, I always think of it, uh, though now I think it's known as the Lamex, um, to face Stevenage, not Borough. No, <laughs> no good point. Uh, well made. Uh, yes, and again, it wasn't straightforward. No, no, it wasn't particularly straightforward. Um, so a change side as well, including two debutantes for Wickham. Um, so uh, Max Ram, uh, who is a player, not a USB stick, um, uh, was was in the defence. Um, and we also had uh, TJ Dabar as well, uh, who ended up being the hero. Yes, absolutely. And uh, a different goalkeeper as well. Uh, indeed, yes. Uh, uh, so um, I'm going to forget his first name now. Adam Pre- Adam Presbeck. Yeah, very good. Okay. Uh, yeah, was was in goal for us, uh, replacing David Stockdale, um, who of course was the hero of the last League Cup tie. So I was slightly surprised by that one. No, but, definitely. But, but at, at the same time, if you're going to have sort of like second and third place goalkeepers, if the second place goalkeeper can't play in maybe games like the League Cup game, um, and I would imagine that we'll see him on Tuesday night when we face Aston Villa in the Checker Trade, Leyland Daff, whatever it's called, Cup. Um, Papa John's. That's it, yes. Um, you know, then then why sort of are you going to have them? Um, no, so, definitely. So, so yeah, so it was good to see that he was he was playing as well. Really pleasing for TJ as well. He got the uh, the, the goal which took it to penalties and then scored the, the winning penalty. As it well. did. I mean, it did look like we were going out really, didn't it? Uh, as, as we headed into eight minutes of injury time and TJ popping up in the fourth minute of injury time, uh, heading home uh, to ensure that the tie went to penalties. We'll hear from the uh, Gibraltar hero in a few moments' time, uh, but first, here's Gareth speaking to Matt afterwards. We've learned a lot. I've given three full debuts tonight, you know. So, uh, Max Ram, obviously never played in a first team ever. Played at, at uh, right centre half, but started cramping up big time. He knows he's learnt a lot tonight of what it's going to take to, to be a professional footballer and play in a first team. Adam Prisbeck, you know, going in goal, I thought didn't do much wrong at all I thought he did really well you know he's going to be an asset to us and TJ Debar obviously uh, he makes his debut to it uh, and what a debut that is for him you know he's only young 
you know, never played in the English leagues, but he's made an impact tonight, scored a goal, scored the winning penalty, you know. I have to say, Stevenage were better than us second off. I may have got a change wrong there, taking Adebayo off when Max is cramping up, but Saturday is very important to me as well and, and the league and getting no injuries tonight was really important, you know, and we haven't got any injuries tonight, you know. We've had Andre Burley's, it's only his second game. Oli Pendlebury, that's only his third game, I think, or fourth game. So, you know, we're very young and, and then you, you spatter that with JJ and, and, and Sulay and, and Anis and Akin Fenway, you know. And again, Bale was only due to play limited minutes. Tafazoli only 45, Andy Stewart only 45. So it's difficult when you've got changes planned to keep things together. But I thought we were better first off. I thought Stevenage were better second half, without a doubt. They've really tested us and they've got some good players here. You know, Alex has done a great job in his recruitment and you can see the culture they've got and it's uh, it's tough for them to, to lose it on penalties. But we'll we'll take that as we usually do in the League Cup. Still not won a game in 90 minutes in the League Cup, you know, in 10 years as manager. So, but we seem to be in the third round now and, uh, and that's really pleasing. But um, I'll have to say uh, we've got to be better than we were second half, you know. They were powerful. And, you know, Norris comes on, experienced pro and, and probably... The, the, the balance tipped a little bit then and then when I end up putting Horgan on and, and he sort of is an experienced international for us but um, no we were bare bones at the end so I'm really pleased because uh, that's a, quite a, uh, a tough situation penalties and to score all five I was really pleased with the lads I had another little team sort with them and, uh, and given the, uh, the old power is better than placement uh, and I'm glad they all did it <laughs> Tell us a bit more about TJ Debar. Uh back in the, the old days of your early days of management I'm not sure your scouting network extended to Gibraltar um, but a young man's come in scored his he, and he's had to be patient for his chance hasn't he he's been yeah. on the bench a few times and not come on but yeah, he's taken you know, his chance we criticise agents in the game quite a bit but I I played with TJ's agent and he gave me a call I played with him back at Cambridge he gave me a call and said look I've got an absolute wild card for you um TJ Debar, nobody had ever heard of him uh, and, I, and as usual I passed the young ones on to Sam Grace, so Sam deserves some credit again, like he does with Anis and Andre and, and Max and all these players so uh, Sam said to me, you know he, he looks alright, this kid he looks quite decent and he played 24 times for Gibraltar against Holland and against um, Belgium and he's, he's played some top teams but he's never really been tested at club level so bringing him in, it's a learning process for him, but he always seems to be in the right place in training and game and, and since tonight. He's on the end of that cross, which probably half a dozen strikers wouldn't read. He's ready, he wants to score. The lads are calling him the uh, the Gibraltar Tevez because the way he runs about and looks. Uh, if he can get anything near Tevez, I'll be well happy, but um, I'm really proud of him tonight because he's waited his chance. I actually pulled him last week and said, TJ, you're not in the squad because I need to cover a defender and he said to me no explanation need a gaffer I love being in that's enough for me and I can work with that and uh, I'm so glad that um, he, you know he's, he's scored his goal and Wickham will probably make the Gibraltar press tomorrow as well so that's another positive but uh, no the, the night belongs to him but I, I, I must credit Stevenage for um, they're a very good side and I think they'll do well in the league this season and Alex Ravel I think they've got someone who they need to keep and let him breed his culture and let him breed his style of football because um, I was very impressed at times with Stevens. Exhausting schedule is another game obviously to throw in soon with the third round tie uh, coming up but Sunderland away on Saturday uh, looks to be uh, a hugely tasty one and one that the fans who again were excellent tonight can look forward to. Yeah and being able to rest Gareth McCleary, Sam Volks, some of the 
the experienced boys in the first team, uh, in the first team of the mile, I don't like calling it that, but that, that team in the league at the moment is, has been really important, you know, and I think that that's key to what we're doing. Josh Scott and of course Curtis Thompson, you know, not involved tonight, and uh, and Grimmer and, and people are. So yeah, just uh, nice to be able to get through, but also nice to rest some of those boys because Saturday will be a huge game up at Sunderland, and uh, and you know we're under no illusion what we're going to have to do this year against. Uh, some of the top teams to be in and around it but um, tonight's a great night a lot of experience gained for us and a win which came at a real struggle sometimes but um, we got through somehow and uh, we're in the next round So Gareth was talking about how TJ would be in the Gibraltar press which does sound like a football formation that Gareth might actually be be using uh, in future games Uh, we were doing a little bit of surfing on the internet uh, and we came across the GBC which I assume stands for the Gibraltar Broadcasting Company Uh, they had a show on yesterday called Sports Report uh, and Gareth absolutely was right uh, because TJ Debar was featured uh, in a report on the GBC Gibraltar international TJ DeBar's career at Twickham Wanderers got off to the best possible start. The youngster who signed for the Chairboys a few weeks ago came off the bench against Stevenage in the EFL Cup last night to score a late equaliser as well as the winning penalty to put his new club through to the next round. And this was his reaction. Um, buzzing. Just very happy for being able to come on, um, being able, given the opportunity to, to just play football which I love doing and I'm grateful and humbled for the manager being able to just give me that opportunity which I've been waiting for and fighting for a long time. What did he say to you when you came on? Because it, it was a difficult game to come on to, wasn't it? Stevenage were getting on top. We'd had a few players maybe out of position or, or a little inexperience in the team. And it was a tough role for you to come on. But what did he say to you? Um, no, nah, just to play my game, obviously. We all we all know what we need to do before coming on. So he just said, stick to the game plan and just be energetic and that's it. As a striker, you must dream about crosses like the one from Daryl Horgan. Uh, what do you remember about the goal? It was a beautiful cross. It was laid on a plate for myself, so... He did the hard bit and I think I did the easy bit, but I'm grateful, obviously, for for his assist because it was a wonderful ball. And obviously being able to score in front of the fans and to celebrate, that was incredible. But I guess you had to keep a level head because there were still a couple of minutes to go in the game and still penalties. You know, that wasn't the winner, was it? But those celebrations were special. Yeah, I think I let my emotions run through me and my celebration was just pure passion, I'd say, because I'm very happy for the goal and obviously doing it in front of the the away fans. I'm also very thankful for them for travelling, so I'm happy for that. Uh, with the penalties, did you volunteer yourself to take one or did the manager have to come and talk you into it? Uh, no, um, he was just calling out numbers, so I ha- happened to be the fifth number and that's it. And I guess it, you became apparent that when you were stepping up, if this one goes in, you're going to be you know, the, the hero of the night again for a second time. But did any nerves get on top of you or were you feeling quite calm? Quite calm, I'd say. The manager did say just focus on where you're going to shoot put your foot through it and if it doesn't go in it doesn't go in it's not meant to be but I'm very happy it did so I'm grateful and again I just want to say thank you to all the Wickham fans that travelled the way so Tell us a little bit more about how the move came about because the manager you know, has acknowledged we don't sign many Gibraltarian internationals and, and I think there's only been one that's played for Wickham previously um, but a, a connection with an agent that he knows and before you know it you're at Wickham and, and in playing nights like tonight Yeah literally that a connection with the agent and Playing for the international team obviously is a big hope. Coming from Gibraltar, it's very hard to make it abroad or very hard to get seen. You're, always, you're almost like overlooked. It's obviously, it's tiny Gibraltar, but I'm just happy to be here. I'm grateful to be here. I'm humble and I'm just enjoying the journey because it's a beautiful journey that I'm living. 
the manager's just told us there's a nickname for you already within the squad. Um, do you know about this one? <laughs> Tevez, maybe. Tevez, yeah. <laughs> How's that gone down? Are you pleased with that one? I don't mind. Tevez is a good player, so yeah, they just call me Tevez, I think, because I'm small and I get in and out, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, he had a phenomenal record in England and you started brilliantly tonight. TJ, well done and uh, on to Sunderland. Thank you very much, yeah. On to Sunderland. Um, hoping to pick up on the performance because I think we do need to pick up from that performance, but another win and that's important. Obviously, winning habits is important, so we just got to carry on. Really great to hear from uh, TJ, who speaks very well. He does speak very well. And I love the fact that at the end, he actually almost sounded like he turned into the manager. It's like, you know, he's already got aspirations to be the next Gareth Ainsworth. Definitely. And something a bit new for the club. Uh, Bob mentioned the world... What's it? Well, world, Wick and Wanderers Worldwide Phenomenon. Uh, more on that in a few moments' time. But uh, Alicia from the club, who uh, is pretty decent with the, the languages herself, uh, conducted an interview in Spanish as well. DJ, una noche increíble para ti. ¿Cómo te sientas? Eh, muy contento. Muy contento con la victoria. Muy contento con el partido por, por poder construir una parte de, de los 90 y algo minutos y, y nada, muy contento por, por la victoria y, y eso, muy contento ya está. It's like being on holiday, isn't it? So come on, you, you can speak a bit of Spanish, so what was he saying? What, was, you, the, what was, was the Victoria bit? Because he says Victoria in there, and it's like, well, who's that? Uh, Victoria, but that's like the win, the victory. Oh, I see! And he's very content, no, so he's very happy. Spanish. I don't know about that. Uh, but also, you've managed to find some uh, fantastic I, yeah, gold commentary. It, so, so, so as part of the Wick and Wanderers worldwide phenomenon, uh, which does now have its own Twitter uh, feed, um, so they, they put on some Spanish commentary um, of well, of, of the whole Stevenage game, but we particularly liked uh, the commentary that went with Bayo's goal uh, on Tuesday night. Bienvenidos al resumen de la segunda ronda en la Carabao Cup. Soy Chavagames y en esta ocasión Wick and Wanderers visita el Stevenage en la Amex Stadium. Corría el minuto 23 del partido, JJ le pega de lejos, balón para Kimfengua, controla dispara y llegó el primero la leyenda de Wicom Wanderers pone en ventaja a su equipo y en las gradas el grito de Beast, Beast, retumba en el estadio You'll definitely be hearing beast. We beast. need more of that. <laughs> Bill Catchpole, if you're listening, we need you when, when, when Bo scores to start saying beast, beast. And we'll be continuing our worldwide phenomenon in a few moments' time chatting to uh, Michael in Denver. Uh, plus, we'll catch up with uh, Colin Bunting, uh, who's in Hazelmere. <laughs> Racing pigeons, but used to be a Wickham Wanderers player. On the Wickham Wanderers show here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll uh, bring you news of a new signing, which you may have missed. That happened uh, a little earlier on, didn't it? Uh, it did indeed, yes. Uh, we'll talk a bit about the uh, drummer controversy as well, uh, which has been brewing on Facebook uh, during the week. Um, I, I'm impressed that, that you're even playing the um, uh, the jingles and the adverts that have foreign um, words in them as well. It's very much the international version of the Wick and Wanderer show today. <laughs> the Dolce Viva or something. Isn't that a cheese? I'm not quite sure. I like uh, the bit of Ness and Dormer in the background, but only from a 1990 World Cup point of view. If you've just tuned in and missed that bit, then you... <laughs> You Sorry if you're listening about. on the podcast. Yeah, also that won't make any sense yeah. to you either. Uh, first, though... That's uh, why you should be listening live on 106.6 FM or, or, or on online. Because <laughs> you get the whole thing then. <laughs> but uh, what we're going to... stop making Colin laugh. <laughs> yes. That too, though, it's a good tip. You sound slightly teacherish when you say that as well. well what you should be doing is listening <laughs> live on a Thursday uh, from 7. Meanwhile, uh, you might know that uh, a few years ago, uh, a Wicked Wanderer's anthem was uh, reworked. Uh, here's, a, here's a burst of it. We all sing, change. 
it's quite catchy. It rather sticks in your head. That's what it means to be weak and strong. Uh, so, Michael, who is in uh, Denver, Colorado, America... I, I like the way that you and I were both sort of, like, swaying. Yes. A bit like sort of, like, 1970s Top of the Pops. <laughs> it was very much That's like that. That's what it was like, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Michael uh, joins us now. Hello, sir. Hey, how's the sound? Yeah, very, <laughs> very good. Hello, Michael. Hey, hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, really good. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no problem at all. So, Michael got in touch with us, basically sort of congratulating us that we, we were back for season two, now episode four of season two. And um, uh, sort of, it kind of grew into kind of, he's from, he's in Denver, Colorado, USA, and a Wiccan fan as well. And uh, it turns out that, that this, this anthem, how, tell us, oh, first of all, tell us about how your, how your Wiccan Wanderers connection came about. How, how do you started following the club? Well, we'll try, try and be as brief as possible if I can be. But um, as a kid, I was a Birmingham fan from my sins. Um, and that just came about because my brother and I were watching a game. He picked the red team, I picked the blue team. He got Liverpool, I got Birmingham. Um, <laughs> oh. But, you know, as luck would have it. But, uh, you know, over the years, I never really was able to get up there. So it's more a case of following them in a newspaper and whatnot, you know. And by the time I moved to America in 2000, when I was 21, um, I didn't really have any memories or connection to them. It was just kind of like a childish obsession that didn't really have a, a lasting connection so over the years here i kind of became a neutral you know would watch the premier league as it became available here but i always kind of wanted to connect to a club properly i never really felt like i'd been a real birmingham fan um and i was kind of fascinated by the fan owned teams um and finally a few years ago in 2017 i'm like you know what let and i said to my wife let's just buy into the trust of one of these fan owned teams so we we have like a following interest and um so it was between like Exeter, Wimbledon and uh, Wickham. Uh, and Exeter, that was going to be too far away. You know, I grew up in Hertfordshire and when we come over, we, we visit Hertfordshire. So it was kind of going to be a head-to-head between Wickham and Wimbledon. Um, and as soon as I started reading up on Wickham properly, I was just like, this is an amazing club. Uh, I, how have I never heard of this club before? Like everything from, you know, the stadium being in the Chilterns. Uh, you know, we won't mention the industrial estate, but the stadium <laughs> being in the where we used to go for walks as a family when I was a kid, lots of uh, fond memories of the Chilterns and the family atmosphere. I guess they won family club of the year in the past. Uh, just, you know, the, the culture around Gareth Ainsworth and the team, every single thing I read up was like, this just sounds like a fantastic community club. So I, I called my wife from work and said, we're, we're going to buy, we're going to buy into the trust that we can wander so that we have a team to follow. And uh, we, we also got very lucky because at that point there was no, I follow this was February, 2017 um and as luck would have it i follow started that that um summer after that but anyway i get home i'm in this fit of enthusiasm i love songwriting and i just started writing a song and it's it's a bit presumptuous because i still (laughs) knew barely anything about the club and i'm like i'm gonna just write a song because i'm so happy about this um uh so i started writing a song obviously it's quite generic uh because i didn't have this long memory bank of of torquay and wimbledon and leicester and so forth so it's more generic, come on down to Wickham and have a good time. We're a great club. Um, and uh, so I, I had it mostly done. I'm like, you know what? They're a club that's fan-owned. Maybe if I just write them, they'll they'll you know be interested in it as an anthem. So I wrote Trevor Stroud off the trust site, and he agreed to listen to it. Um, uh, he did have a listen. A couple of weeks later, he said it's not really kind of rock and roll enough, which is fair enough. I mean, that original version was just a kind of acoustic guitar and tambourine. It was like ye old merry minstrels of Sherrod Forest. You know, it wasn't really <laughs> something you, you play at a stadium per se. But so they weren't really interested in adopting it. I stuck it on the, the gas room, you know, the fan forum. 
and a bunch of lads on there liked it hopefully ladies too um and uh, they suggested sending it to the media team which is probably what i should have done originally um and they went ahead and played it at a, a match against Notts county which was very very nice of them considering it wasn't really you know no drums no fanfare or whatever so very pleased about that got this shirt i'm wearing right now just avidly started following their results and then i follow came up that summer um and so i just was able to start following the club and watch every game and you know it was an amazing year because i found out i was losing my job of 16 years either the either the day before or the day after that first i follow game so over the course of that first season when we got promoted from league two i was watching from like hotel rooms because we moved from vegas to denver i was watching from all these different like situations a couple of games i missed i was like on the road in utah following the score on my phone um so it was this very dramatic season overlapping on a very dramatic uh, life change in the midst of it my wife fell pregnant as well so we you know had our daughter uh, at the end of the season but it was just um a very intense wonderful opening season to, to following the club and i that that spring of 2018 i decided to redo it because i'm like this needs drums it needs strings it needs brass it needs to sound like a fanfare uh so i, I went to a studio here in denver and added all of that and made it sound a lot um, a lot more like an anthem basically and then we um the, it was played again at the party in the park when we were there our first uh, wickham game we went to was the stevenage uh, party in the park because obviously we're glory supporters so <laughs> um, uh, and you know they played it my heavily pregnant wife was there my best friend my dad and we're meeting some of these guys off the gas room that um you know i post online on their forum and it was just a wonderful day um and really appreciated the club just turned the volume way up i don't think anyone noticed because the terrace was going mental and everyone was doing their own thing but for me it's kind of an out-of-body experience to, to hear that live at adams park and then they they played it again a few more times uh a couple of times even without anyone i know requesting it because when you request the song to be played like i did it's kind of like, uh, you know, your kid gives you a picture and you hang it on the refrigerator, but you're not really thinking it's Picasso, you know. But when they play it of their own volition, it's um, it's a lot more flattering. So, so yeah, that's that's basically how it all came about. That must have been so nice for you to actually come over and, and sort of feel closer to the to the team that you've kind of picked and followed as well. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's opened doors to, to many things. I mean, open door uh, for writing for the fanzine, you know, The Wanderer, because the fanzine editor, um, Johnny King asked me to write about the song and then after I'd written about it in a fanzine I'm like hey do you mind if I start writing like the satirical stuff as well because I like doing that and you know I've written for the fanzine ever since and that's had some moments you know we <laughs> my wife and I we decided to do one where we go to Las Vegas Strip when we were still there with a Wickham shirt and we just collar Americans and say, and ask them questions about Wickham like how do you spell Wickham what do you think Wickham is and all this and it was quite hilarious I mean we had like women dressed as um, uh, showgirls you know holding up the Wickham shirt and answering questions i think a funniest answer we had was someone thought it was like a witch's coven because it sounded like Wickham. <laughs> um, so we could kind of compile all those with photos and kind of send it into the fanzine but i've had a lot of fun with that um and johnny king the editor is just a, a great guy and then um you know i've made friends because of it um david alderman who i think sometimes writes the show um to you guys he mm. uh he really liked the song and we um you know, we struck up a friendship. We met at the Walsall game at the end of the following season, the first League One season. And we're, you know, he's a dear friend now. We write back and forth all the time about Wickham. He's a great numbers guy and we're, I love numbers too. So we'll be breaking down everything. And, you know, I've got to meet people off, off the gas room. I've got to meet Phil Catchpole, who to me is an absolute legend. I mean, <laughs> um, I can't I can't say enough about yeah, Phil. Yeah. I mean, because obviously I, I watch almost all of them and I follow. And at least a couple of times a game, he says something so wry and funny and original that, 
my wife and I just uh, just burst out laughing. He's just he's just a treasure. Um, got to meet you know Tony Hector um, tr- on the trust board. He's a lovely gent as well. Yes, yeah, just it's kind of opened all these doors. And you know, considering I live thousands of miles away, it says a lot about the club that you can feel that connected. I know we have the internet. I know with modern technology, it's easier. But I genuinely feel very connected to the club despite living in what is basically a lonely uh, Wickham outpost. I think what's lovely as well is is that you clearly get exactly what the club's about and it's lovely for us to hear uh, who sort of know what the club's about but you know we're in Wickham so we would that actually that does then translate you know thousands of miles across the ocean that you can tell actually that yeah you know we are Wickham Wanderers we do do it differently and we are quite unique actually in English football. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, when you look at it like this, I was in an unusual position of being a grown man who could basically pick my own club. You know, most people, you get your attachment as a kid and it's vital enough and you go to games and there's no way you can kind of ever countenance the idea of leaving that. I mean, there's people that kind of, you know, two allegiances because they follow a Premier League club and Wickham, but I was in a position where I could basically pick any club on earth. And I haven't regretted for a moment picking Wickham over Real Madrid or Dortmund or Liverpool or QPR or anybody um, because there's no way you could have more fun than I've had over these past five years with any of that lot. Uh, it, it, it really is the greatest club. And I'm amazed whenever I hear insults of Wickham from other teams and, and their fans, you know, I get it as far as kind of the, the gamesmanship or game management, but everybody does that. But I'm kind of amazed no one really gets that or very few people seem to really get what an amazing club it is. Uh, I think the players do. I think I'm sure the club has a good reputation among players in that kind of union. But when, when, when you hear opposition fans getting bitter about what a nasty little club Wickham is or something, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm like, well, I was someone that could choose any club on earth. I chose Wickham and I haven't regretted it for a moment. And to me, um, that was a unique position, a unique position to be in. And it kind of says it all. And you think of the things that make us unique, um, you know, whether it's the volunteers, you know, whether it's the trust that's still involved in the ownership. I mean, this golden era is really, to me, most of all based on Ainsworth and Dobson because most golden era is kind of aligned with a management team. But it's kind of, uh, it could have run out if it wasn't for the Kuigs coming on board and being as passionate as they've been. You know, we were getting to where we had no money left and we're in severe trouble. So now this golden era has kind of been extended. But you look at the... um, you know the, the content we have there's you on Wickham Sound there's there's other podcasts there's uh Tom Hancock with with JJ's left foot and obviously Phil Catchpole as the broadcaster there's just so many aspects to the club that feel really special and unique and you know it feels like when I'm talking to to people that aren't a Wickham fan it feels like I'm saying no we're really special we're not just special yeah. in the way you kind of give lip service to your club we're really really special and but there's so many things you can reference that show that and obviously you know, the players. And, you know, I mentioned Ainsworth. And um, the thing about Ainsworth and the players is I'm fundamentally most proud of them because of their character and how they represent the club in their attitude. You know, I know that when Ainsworth does an interview, he's not going to gripe, he's not going to moan, he's not going to throw his players under the bus or whine about the other team's tactics. He's going to be dignified um, and complimentary and, you know, positive and there's not that many managers like that. And there's not that many players like the characters that come through our doors. And you think we have, you know, Bloomfield and JJ and bio and the lads that have been around forever. Um, and then the, the new lads that come in just seem to integrate into that. And um, yeah, it's just something to be proud of irrespective of the results. You know, we've had promotion seasons and we had a very difficult season last year, but um, 
there's always that baseline of being proud of the way they, they hold themselves and represent themselves. Well, it's been fantastic to speak to you. Thank you so much for your, for your time. Brilliant to hear your story. Thank you so much, obviously, for, for listening to our show as well, all, all those miles away. And uh, enjoy the rest of the season. You too, guys. Thanks so much. I'll be listening. Thanks a lot for your time, uh, Michael, in, uh, in Denver, Colorado. Fantastic. I really like, like the fact as well that he's referring to it as a golden era. And when oh, you yeah. hear someone say that, you think, well, yeah, that's exactly what it is. With a, with a gold third shirt as well. Indeed. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on what we like to call the final part of the Wickham Wanderer Show. This is literally the last bit. It is, yes. Extra time, as we think of it. Uh, we'll be uh, chatting about a new signing who's arrived, well, I suppose, at the club. <laughs> you would hope so, yes. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Hanlon from, from Bristol Rovers uh, has joined today. Uh, other sort of notice board news. Uh, a call up for Daryl Hawkins. We'll be addressing that shortly. Oh yes, 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 indeed. International week, of course. Yeah, it is. Yes, as oh, you so, can so, tell on this on this program today. Yes, literally. Uh, and first, uh, we'll be hearing from another of our fantastic series. Uh, thanks to uh, the Ex Players Association, uh, Alan Hutchinson and JDT as well. We've been speaking. We've had a bit of a theme in recent weeks of players from the sort of the sixties, late fifties, early sixties, mid sixties, uh, sort of the Sid Can era, and uh, other managers as well. And uh, Colin Bunting is our latest guest, uh, a goalkeeper, well, former goalkeeper, I suppose. You did, uh, I think he, you're probably always a goalkeeper. I don't think <laughs> yes. you ever consider yourself a former goalkeeper. Who, uh, as you'll hear, has a keen interest in pigeons and uh, also has some brilliant stories to tell, including uh, when he first joined the club. I joined Wickham in 1955. 18 years old and I was playing for Broom and Wade at the time and I just carried on playing at Wickham and playing for Broom and Wade at the time I had a few reserve team games then and then I got called up for national service then that didn't help <laughs> I went, went in January 1958 and I was in the RMC and uh, I played a lot of games for number 10 company, RMC, while I was in St. Army. I was also played for Folkestone Town in the Kent League, but mostly midweek games then, because I, I was usually on duty on Saturdays, so I couldn't play Saturdays very often. On demand then, in 1958, I rejoined Wickham, and playing the odd first-team game, mostly in the reserves to start with. And then in late, in late January, Wickham played, in January 58, this is, Wickham played Hounslow Town in the Amateur Cup. And Hounslow's goalkeeper broke his leg in the game. And Wickham offered to loan me to Hounslow, which I jumped at sort of thing because it was my first real chance of um, uh, playing first-team regular senior and non-league football. I went there then and I played my first game was against Finchley Town in the Athenian League that was in them days. The Athenian League was uh, a similar level as the Isthmian League at the time but was known as being a bit of bruisers rather than football inside. But they were strong teams in the league. I played very well on that occasion against Finchley and Hounslow asked if uh, Wickham, Wickham would let them keep me for the rest of the season, which I, I personally agreed to and uh, Wickham agreed to as well. So I then decided that uh, uh, would be my, to my advantage to stay at Hounslow to get first 11 experience. 
I stayed there from 1958, 59, 59, 60, 60, 61 seasons. Uh, and I played a, a, about, I'm not sure exactly, about 80 games, I think. Then I got uh, dropped in January 1962. I lost my place, and I, I rejoined Wickham for the 1962-63 season, 63-64 season. I played in the first team at Wickham then for those two, most of those two seasons until the arrival of John Maskell and, uh, in 1964, that was. I stayed at Wickham until 1969 when Wickham dropped the reserve side. I think that was when Brian Lee came to the club. He dropped the reserve side. And I played approximately, again, about 80 games, first 11 games for Wickham. Plenty of reserve games, because I played after I got dropped. I stayed at Wickham, as I say, till 1969, and I played mostly in the reserves then. The biggest and best games that I played for Wickham was Gravesend and Northfleet away in the FA Cup second round. We lost that game. I had a blinder in that game. And another good game that I can remember at the moment was Spennymore in the FA Cup, FA Amateur Cup. That was the third round. We lost 2-1 away following a 2-2 draw at Lokes Park. And the attendance in the, the replay at uh, Spennymore was 4,902 people there. Yeah, that's, that was for them. And they were, they were only a relatively small northern side. The, the, the game at Spennymore was quite intriguing, really, because we had to travel up overnight by train. And when we got there, the ground was really... It was built on an old slag heap, the ground, and all uh, corrugated tins round it, and all rusty it was round, round the, the ground. And uh, after the game, we had a bath. Which was, we, didn't have, we didn't have showers then, we had baths and the bath was in inside there, and these tins came down on the outside, and they were all rusty at the bottom, you were seeing from the bottom, and, and all these girls got down cheering us all in the bath there we were, and that. that was quite funny, that was, but that was a good game, and the Gravesend game was a good game. After I, I left Wickham in 69, um, I joined Ernest Turner Sports. That was a local work side playing in the Hellenic League. And there was nine former Wickham players playing for them when we went up there. So you could almost say it was a Wickham side playing. Paul Bates was manager as well up there for a while. And uh, that was quite good up Turner's. But then that all folded after six seasons. Uh, the governor of Ernest Turner Sports sold the ground and they built on it as it is now. We won the Hellenic League Cup and the runners-up with the Premier League whilst I was there. I then, I then decided I'd had enough then and retired from the game for a couple of seasons. And then uh, I was approached by a former Wickham player that I'd played with at Wickham Butch Ridgely, to come and play for Molin Sports Football Club. That was another work side. 
I played at Bowlings for approximately seven seasons, along with Keith Samuels, who also played for him, and a couple of other players that had been at Wickham. Um, great club, great club over at uh, Bowlings it was, and socially you couldn't have wished for a better club over there. We had a really good time over there. We won the Wickham League twice and the Wickham Senior Cup once while I was there at the club. And it was a, a, a very enjoyable time of my football career. And Keith Samuels will say the same if, if you asked him, because he thoroughly enjoyed it over there. I then permanently retired in 1982 at the age of 45. On the day I retired, we won the Wickham League Reserve Section Cup. It was my last game of football I'd ever played. That was maybe some odd uh, games from work on six-a-side things. From then on, I concentrated on helping my son Trevor. I don't know if you've heard anything about Trevor or not. Yes. Um, he had just been picked up at the time by Southampton Football Club. When he... he and he had four years on associate schoolboys forms before being released. Another goalkeeper, you probably know that then. Yes. Who know of him? He was picked up by Wickham under managers Mike Keane and Paul Bentz, where he was understudy to Gary Lester for three years. He then had the short period with Slough Town on loan. He played 12 games for them. Later in the season, Slough goalkeeper then had an injury and Slough had a, a big FA Cup game coming up against Swansea City. They approached Wickham to sign Trevor on permanent forms and much to Wickham's disappointment, he went playing in the Swansea game. He was man of the match, playing a real blinder at the age of 18 years old. He then went on to play 415 games for Slough Town First Eleven in 10 years service, mostly all being played in the national in the Conference League, which is now the National League Premier Sections. Now part-time goalkeeping coach at Fab Academy Bissom, with full FA goalkeeping qualifications. I played other sports as well. At school level, I played um, for basketball for Wickham Pirates when I first left school. Played for Millen Road School and then the Wickham and District Schools in 1951-52, that was, both those. That's when I joined Wickham. A lot of table tennis, played a lot of table tennis in the Wickham and District League in Divisions 1, 2 and 3. Never quite good enough to stay in the Premier too long. We went up to the Premier, but always seemed to get rele relegated at the end of the following season. <laughs> and I don't know if you also know, I used to keep racing pigeons. I was going to say, I've had a bit of a tip-off to ask you about that. Yes, yeah, I kept racing pigeons from 1952 till about uh, 2018. Uh, I've still got four here now, but... Um, I don't race now. I've given that up, more or less. I was secretary and treasurer for 21 years of the Castlefield Club. And, uh, so I don't do that now. What got you into that? Um, I don't really know, because when, when we were at school, there was um, four of us used to, have, they used to have pigeons and used to take them up the road and just release them and tie them back. 
see which one, which ones beat which ones, just for the fun of it, sort of thing. And then my dad got interested in it a little bit, and he encouraged me with it, and I joined the club then from that that time on, stayed with it. I mean, it got mixed up with the football sometimes, you know, I had it, and my dad always used to carry it out for me while I was playing football, but we still kept going all that long time with it, and it's only since t- 2018 I've packed up. Yeah, that's brilliant. So what, what first got you into you know, goalkeeping? Well, how did you choose that as a position? Just a mad idiot, I think. <laughs> cool, I think. I used to just go in goal. We used to go over the Desborough Rec and play of an evening sort of thing, stick the coach down, oh, I want to go in goal sort of thing. And that sort of attitude, and that's how I played in goal, really. I played golf, you know that. Yes. Yes, and played golf with the six of the lads that some of them I played with, and some of them I didn't play at Wickham, all at Wickham, six of us. So there was seven, because Tony Horseman used to play, but he's not playing now, he gave it up. So I don't see him now, not quite so often. And I played cricket for Bledlow for a while and uh, Harrison's we had a, a, a works team that used to play in the local uh, cricket uh, tournament a Smeaton Hanscom Cup we won that twice as well play of Harrison's so the whole of the family are very keen sports people I've, I've got with my two daughters both played for Southern England in netball I was going to say they're not goalkeepers as well are they? no they're not <laughs> well, they, they might have got the netball from yeah there's a goalkeeping position isn't there? <laughs> My wife played netball as well, and uh, now I've got a granddaughter, a completely different sport to what we've had. She's into rowing. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and she, she's got into a good side. They won the English schools under-18 championships uh, about a month ago, that was, and they went on to Henley last week, and they won the under-18 junior ladies race down there at Henley. That's for Headington School she rose for. Oh, you must have very good genes or sort of uh, winning in the blood, sports person in the blood. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, brilliant. And just going back to your time at Wickham, it must have felt such a, a special time because uh, during the 60s and, and the late 50s when you were playing, especially in the reserve team even as well, you know, it must have been such a, a great sort of camaraderie amongst all the players. Very much so, yeah. A lot of the top players that I remember were really good. Um, Johnny Beck... He was one, George Pullen, Lenny Worley, obviously, I expect you've spoken to him. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and Paul Hodges, he was another amateur English international. Uh, Peter Royston, he's another one. Oh, uh, you know, it's a job to remember them all offhand. No, of course, because it must feel like such a long time ago, but at the same time, not that long ago as well. That's right, yes, yeah. I mean, I played till I was 45, which... Doesn't seem to me that long ago, but it wasn't with Wickham at the time then. And again, with the Ex Players Association, it must be so enjoyable to to be able to, you know, as you say, play golf and then just reminisce with the other ex players as well. Yeah, it's a great evening, the dinner down there. You know, you can meet everybody there. But obviously, COVID business, we've not had one for two years. We had the golf day, though, this year, and that was nice to go down there and meet up with a lot. I met the golf day again. But uh, say, well, hopefully we get the dinner on again this year. Uh, Dennis Sirrett taught me all or know, I think, originally. I, I used to uh, train with him a lot. He's a great guy. He is. I still see him occasionally. 
it still gets around a bit. But he comes to the dinners, but uh, I still see him occasionally because he lives up at um, uh, Loosley Road. My daughter lives up there, so I see him occasionally up there. Really great to chat to uh, Colin Bunting. Uh, he didn't quite catch my name, so I said it's Colin as well. So he said Colin as well. <laughs> Um, I, I very much enjoyed the pigeons bit. No, definitely, that was yeah, a highlight. Yeah. If only more ex, more ex-players got into pigeon racing. I think, in, indeed, I think this is the way to go, you know. They, they shouldn't be into this golf and, and horse racing and whatever no, no, Michael exactly. Owen does. Pigeon racing is definitely the way to go. Um, we, we promised, even though we've only got about two minutes, to, to, to mention about our new signings today. Uh, Brandon Hanlon, who has been signed from Bristol Rovers, uh, comes along on an undisclosed fee, uh, but we signed him for three seasons, uh, so that, you know, that, that, that's hopeful. Um, and we've been tracking him, apparently, for a long time since he played for Colchester um, and we know how well um, Gareth and Dobbo track players oh, and yes. make sure that actually yes you know <laughs> they do the whole CIA type thing before we sign them so, so looking forward to, to seeing Brandon uh, congratulations well to Daryl Horgan who has been once again called up for the Republic of Ireland squad uh, in the forthcoming internationals uh, which of course take place then next week um, this is the last weekend of Premier League and Championship football um, before the international break but of course that doesn't apply to us now that we're in League One um, which in, in some ways I think is a good thing um, and I also wanted to mention about the drummer as well lots and lots of controversy this week on Facebook all about um, the, the Thomas the, the Wiccan Wanderers drummer uh, I've not seen such controversy uh, since Pete Besk was kicked out of the Beatles and replaced by Ringo Starr and <laughs> as, I, as I said earlier on this season when, when burgers were the main controversy on the Facebook group you do have to think if all we've currently got to worry about is the drummer then actually something is going very very right also, I must say a quick hello to you if you're listening in, in a quite a posh car. Uh, Luke, our producer, who's off this week, said he was in Marlow recently, and uh, a very posh car, which I won't mention, mention the make of, but had its window down, and he could hear it was, they were listening to us uh, on, the, oh, on the podcast. That's very good. And we haven't really mentioned the fact that we've drawn Manchester City in the Carabao Cup, either. Good point. And uh, they're obviously so worried that they're trying to sign Cristiano Ronaldo just to make sure that actually they get past us, which is great. Yeah, that's something to look forward to. It really is, isn't it? That, you know, that, that, I mean, we'll, we'll have to obviously clearly be at our absolute ridiculous best to beat them but you know Wigan did it a few seasons ago against them in the FA Cup especially they? in so an unbeaten away record exactly. in 90 minutes you never good. know do you but it'll be a good good evening out at the Etihad and as soon as we know the date as well we will let you know on Wickham Sound when it's going to be played thank you very much indeed for listening same time next week